This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay, so we're coming up on a week since the B.C. Supreme Court kind of surprised everybody with that ruling about open drug use. What has the government said about this? Uh, We're waiting. You know, you can tell the government was caught by surprise. And look, I know it's, you know, some ministers and so forth are still on holiday and they haven't completely gotten into 2024. But you can tell the government's really struggling with this one and we're caught by surprise because so far we've had very little response. Uh, Mike Farnworth, the Solicitor General, who, who steered the legislation through the House that restricted open drug use, uh, Farnworth put out a statement when the court decision came out on Friday saying uh, it concerned and we're going to study it. And then he said in passing, you know, this will create a situation where BC is the only province in Canada that can't restrict drug use because every other province in the country does this. So that was kind of a, gee, we caught off guard by this and not sure what to say. I would have to say, Simi, a week later, I haven't seen any further response from the government. I think they are really, really wrestling with this one. And when you read the judgment, It's not surprising because the Chief Justice bought the arguments entirely of opponents of any attempt to restrict open drug use. Uh, It's, you know, the Chief says in his decision, well, you know, I understand there's concerns and, you know, I'll say there are concerns about open drug use and the impact, but he says it would uh, uh, risk irreparable harm to drug users if these restrictions on open drug use were maintained. And he said the constitutional right to charter rights and freedoms, uh, right to public safe, or safety of life and limb. I, when you read that whole thing over, I don't see how they get through this thing. It's only a temporary injunction, Simi. It expires on the 31st of March. But looking over the judgment, it's hard to see any clear route that the government can be sure of maintaining this law that they brought in in October. Okay, let's talk about uh, the different avenues that are available to them on this. Okay, well, probably, you know, the safest uh, option within the system is to say, in effect, okay, we hear you. It's the Chief Justice of the BC Supreme Court that's ruled this. Uh, The judge says the government has other options. So one of those options is to Uh, The law has been passed, but the regulations under the law have not been passed. So you might put your legislative drafting team to work trying to come up with regulations that would bring in some restrictions on open drug use, but reconciled with uh, the court ruling. You could do that. Uh, You could then wait for the injunction to expire and go to a full-blown court case under, in front of the judge, uh, defending your legislation, uh, remounting all your arguments against the opponents uh, who won the case, and essentially submit the whole thing to the court system. Uh, Simi, as you know, 
Even if you lose at BC Supreme Court, you go to the BC Court of Appeal and try to win there, and you can end up in front of the Supreme Court of Canada. The trouble with all of that route, Simi, is political pressure right now to deal with this problem. The New Democrats originally, this time last year, when they decriminalized open drug use, said we didn't need this kind of a law because existing legislation would allow you to do it. And they were persuaded to bring this law in to, to deal with widespread problems identified by mayors and police of the consequences of open drug use, which is sort of basically chaos. Uh, you know, the public, I think Mayor Nanaimo has well put it in the last few days, Leonard croaked, the public is fed up with this. The open drug use that's been going on in communities um, is seriously threatening uh, public order and people aren't going to stand for it. So, you know, that's why they brought the law in. Uh, Simi, it's not a very appealing scenario to say, well, we're going to spend the next three or four years in court defending this. Um, Leonard Krogh, who I will note, is a former NDP MLA, and from the left side of the party, he's mayor of Nanaimo, and he says, if the government can't deal with this, his great fear is it'll be a deciding factor in the election next fall. And as I said, Krogh is a new Democrat. He is not looking for the NDP government to be driven from office. Okay, what about the other political options here? Well, um... BC Conservative leader John Rustad jumped in, and you know, his people have opinions about Rustad, but he responds very quickly, and he responds in a populist way. He noted that the court used the Charter of Rights and Freedoms to justify saying you can't go ahead with this law because it would, um, you know, he cited the Charter of Rights under Section Seven of the Charter. So Rustad says, look, uh, you can talk all you want about fixing the legislation, but if he were premier, he would simply invoke the notwithstanding clause in the Constitution. That's there in the Constitution. It's an override to the Constitution. It essentially says, doesn't matter what the courts say, the legislature is determined to do this, and we're going to do it. That clause in the Constitution, Simi, hasn't been used very often since the Charter was brought in, what, 40 years ago? But there is a growing sense, I think, you can say validly, to say this, whatever you think of it, that the public is supportive of the clause being used in some cases where the courts are seen as being out of touch with what ordinary people are dealing with in their lives. And a good example is the one that Leonard Krogan and Nanaimo has invoked. Chaos, disorder, open drug use, um, people taking too many drugs and reacting violently. Um, <clears throat> you know, not everybody lives in the kind of safe enclave the judges live in, in the kind of safe neighborhoods that they live in. And I think the critics of this ruling have made a valid point that whatever you know, the judge knows the Constitution better than we do, but the judge is also out of touch with the public. And in that sense, I think Rustad has put his finger, the conservatives have put their finger on one possible way through this. 
The New Democrats have already ruled out using the notwithstanding clause in other circumstances. I don't think they will do that. But what we're seeing here, Simi, is a real, real dilemma for the government. How do you deal with public disorder around open drug use and somehow or other square that with the reluctance of the courts to put any limits on open drug use? Talking a little bit more about the uh, homeowner grant, it was an interesting conversation we had with the finance minister about that yesterday, Vaughn. Yes, very interesting. And Simi, before we get to that, there is one other option that the provincial government has uh, for dealing with open drug use. And it's implied in the court decision. And I okay. just want to note it because it, it is a, a an option, but there's problems with it. So the other option is the judge said, you know, if there were more safe places to take drugs, he would uh, suggest he'd have been more sympathetic to the idea of restricting open drug use in some places. But these safe injection sites, there's only 47 of them in BC, which is a lot. Most of them are not open 24-7. So the judge kind of says there, hey, if you built more of those and spread them around the province, then maybe you could get away with restricting open drug use. The trouble with that is that that's the kind of thing that a judge can say, but a practical politician in the provincial government is going to say, the reason we don't have more open drug use, uh, more safe injection sites, is because they're very hard sell with communities. They themselves become a focus for chaos and disorder and open-air drug markets, you don't want to be next to one of these. So it's all very well to say, hey, if we had more safe injection sites, right. um, you could then restrict it. But look, that isn't a particularly practical option either. So uh, as I said, it's a genuine dilemma for the New Democrats. They didn't expect this. I think they're having trouble figuring out what the hell to do about it, and I'm not surprised by that. And the homeowner grant. So... You put the question to the finance minister, Katrina Conroy, yesterday. The homeowner grant has been under fire in this province for years because everybody gets it, or virtually everybody gets it, and many of them don't need it. And why doesn't the government means test the grant or phase it out, except for the truly needy? Uh, Conroy's... <laughs> I loved your answer to you. It was, we recognize it's not the best tax, but it's going to be with us for a while. So exactly. it's, it's not going year. anywhere. Yeah. There's no way they're going to do this. You know, and, and she points out that the critics of the homeowner grant look at the assessed value of the houses where you qualify for it. So a $2.1 million home uh, is the threshold and you qualify for the full homeowner grant at that. The, the trouble with looking at it that way is that, that the assessed value of the house doesn't really address the ability to pay. Uh, people with enormous mortgages where one partner is working to service the mortgage and the other one is trying to make ends meet on everything else, they probably need the tax relief. Seniors who are living in the family home that, heck, they've had all their lives and want to go on living there, uh, they may not, they may be on a fixed income. They probably are. So they could actually use the homeowner grant, which is for seniors, almost $900. So that's the reason the government has been very reluctant to jump in. It's an NDP government, despite all the times it's been advised to, hey, address this thing. It's an equity issue. The figuring out a way to strip 
the homeowner grant away from people who really don't need it. Their mortgage is paid off. Uh, the house is, you know, they're on pretty good income. They've got a good pension or whatever. Figuring out how to strip it away from those people and not penalize the 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 two-income family where one income is barely servicing the mortgage with rising interest rates, or the senior simply living in the family home and on a fixed income, that's the challenge. Um, I think what is actually going on inside the government is an attempt to figure out a way to do this that would be equitable and fair. There is no way they're going to do it in an election year. My guess is that the people running for office in the fall are going to be asked, uh, are you willing, you know, are you planning to stick with the homeowner grant the way it is? Are you going to start phasing it out? And my guess is that might be a very dangerous answer politically at a time when people are concerned about the cost of living. You make such an interesting point there, Vaughn, is that given that we have an election coming up this year, I feel like that's with everything that's going on right now, that's all that's happening behind the scenes is people figuring out what they're going to say leading up to the election. Yeah. And what are you going to answer to some tough questions on yes. this one? The easy, I, and the logic of phasing it out is perfectly understandable. I mean, good examples. In, in some communities in British Columbia, there are very few homes that are assessed the value of $2 million. So everybody gets it. But you understand it when they look at it inside the government. Everybody goes, oh, wait a minute. You're going to make some people very, very angry. And it isn't going to be clear that by phasing out the homeowner grant, you're actually going to be financing relief for the people that really need it. Exactly. All right, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Cindy.